On today's show, reactions and takeaways from the Houston Rockets 2023 offseason so far. They brought in Fred Van Vliet, Dylan Brooks, Jock Landale, and Jeff Green sending out KJ Martin, Ty Ty Washington, Josh Christopher, and Usman Garuba with potentially more moves on the way. Let's break down the good, the bad, and the ugly of the Houston Rockets offseason so far. It's all coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control Houston. Ignition sequence start. The Houston Rockets select Jalen Green, Alperon Shingun, and Jabari Smith Jr. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. Every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. Hey, Houston fans, I am so happy. You're getting somebody who's going to come in with a chip on their shoulder, somebody who's going to come, come in and compete from day one. Six, five, four, three, two... One. What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin and the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts, including YouTube. Go to YouTube, search Locked on Rockets. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Drop your thoughts on the Houston Rockets free agency moves so far, the names that they've brought in, the names that they have sent out. It has been a flurry, a whirlwind, a tornado of action so far, a couple days into free agency, and there might still be Another move or two on the horizon for your Houston Rockets, depending on how they navigate some of the deals that they've already agreed upon. Uh, The frameworks and the cap gymnastics all still currently TBD on a variety of these deals. But let's go ahead and unpack what we know or what we think we know so far, and then we'll kind of build from there. Let's lay the groundwork for what we know so far. Fred Van Vliet, Three years, $130 million deal, and I I was able to confirm that the third year on his contract, like we speculated in our most recent episode, the third year on Fred Fred Van Vliet's deal, FVV, is a team option, which makes that contract look a thousand times better than it did being a blanket three-year max. I said that, you know, don't underestimate the Rockets front office. They have an affinity for creative contract structures for team-friendly deals, and it looks like that's exactly what they achieved with Fred Van Vliet. Team option year three, outstanding move, A++ move if you're the Houston Rockets. Next on the list, not so much. Dylan Brooks, four years, $80 million dollars with all the years guaranteed per the Athletics Kelly Eco. Now, we do know that the contract structure is front-loaded, so it will be in descending order as far as uh, the year-to-year values, which makes it a little bit better as that contract ages over time, but not a ton better. Um, And we'll unpack the logistics of why a little bit later on. We'll talk about... um, asset values and mismanaging assets and all that stuff as we navigate today's episode for sure because the Rockets free agency uh, stretch has been a bit of a mixed bag in all honesty. Uh, Patty Mills coming to the Houston Rockets but will be rerouted to, uh, it looks like the OKC Thunder as part of what's going to be a four-team trade the way that the Rockets are trying to orchestrate uh, a bunch of the moves that they've made so far in free agency, so more on that in a second. 
Jock Landale, the Phoenix Suns' backup big man who had a really fantastic playoff run, signing him to a four-year, $32 million deal with only the first year fully guaranteed. So that's actually really great contract value. So again, mixed bag so far. Uh, they're receiving the draft rights to Alpha Caba from the Atlanta Hawks. They received two second-round picks from the K.J. Martin to the Clippers trade. And then they're also signing Jeff Green to a one-year $6 million deal. So those are all the pieces coming in to the Houston Rockets. The pieces going out and away from Houston already mentioned his name. K.J. Martin's going to the Clippers for a pair of future second-round draft picks. They're not even amazing second-round draft picks, unfortunately. Ty Ty Washington and Usman Garuba are headed to the Hawks, and the Rockets actually paid the Hawks future second-rounders to unload both of those guys. Josh Christopher's headed to the Memphis Grizzlies as part of what, again, is that is going to ultimately be a four-team trade, it looks like, between the Rockets, Hawks, Clipper, sorry, Rockets, Hawks, Grizzlies, and OKC involving Patty Mills and a bunch of these other names, basically to offload some of the salary cap for them to make some of the moves that are still uh, kind of going on. The Dylan Brooks, which looks to be a sign and trade with the Memphis Grizzlies, um, potentially down the line. There's there's a lot of different strings going different directions here. I'm trying to keep this as as simple as possible. So there's trades yet to be done and we're going to unpack what that means a little bit later on and how it could still be very beneficial to the Rockets. But basically those four players are on their way out. The Rockets also sent a couple second round picks out and they're sending out $1.1 million in cash. So now that we have laid the framework for what happened, I mean, it's, it's been an insane uh, 48 hours for the Houston Rockets. Why did some of this happen? Um, the biggest domino here, quite literally the biggest domino, was the fact that they missed out on Brooke Lopez. And my understanding of the situation is that they both sides actually felt really good, and the Rockets had an offer on the table for Brooke Lopez, and they thought that, you know, they were gonna they thought they were gonna come away with Brooke Lopez. They felt really good about it, and Brooke Lopez turned around, went back to Milwaukee, and leveraged the Rockets offer into what became his two-year, $48 million contract with the Bucks? That was my original speculation, and unfortunately, that's exactly what looks like what happened is the Rockets thought they had him in the bag, and that was going to kind of be the first domino that necessitated a lot of these other moves to be made to clear up roster space, to clear up cap space, to be able to execute all the moves in the order that they wanted to, to bring in the other subsequent names that they wanted to get. And then when that didn't happen, as the Rockets were lining up some of these other trades and, and you know, making this cap room and making this room available, um, they wound up pivoting. And they wound up pivoting to Jock Landale was a pivot move. Jeff Green was a pivot move. Um pivoting to absorbing Patty Mills into their cap space immediately and then rerouting him to a third team to offset some of the incoming value of the Dylan Brooks contract. All these moves uh, were made as kind of a last-minute pivot, unfortunately, to missing out on Brooke Lopez, which is really unfortunate because it felt like they had an agreement. It felt like they had a good offer on the table. 
both sides apparently felt good about it, and then things changed last minute. Maybe Giannis got to Brooke Lopez and convinced him, and or maybe Giannis pressured the organization into paying Brooke Lopez. Who knows? But... Unfortunately, the Rockets missed out on one of their major free agency targets. They got their other guys, though. They went into free agency very much targeting Fred Van Vliet, Dylan Brooks, and Brooke Lopez were the three guys at the top of their free agency wish list. They got two out of their three guys, one of them on an absolute slam dunk contract in Fred Van Vliet. Dylan Brooks' contract... Not so much, but it's not the end of the world. Let's unpack what some of these acquisitions actually mean for the Houston Rockets, as well as diving into some of the financial ramifications and some of the moves that have yet to be made for the Rockets, some of the possibilities still coming down the pipeline. We're going to get there in just one moment. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. So what is prize picks? It's daily fantasy sports, but how does it work? Basically, you pick two to six players. If they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times back on your money on any entry that you submit. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. And prize picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. That's NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA. They've got you covered for all the action. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that simple. They're safe. They offer fast withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That means if you deposit $100, Pricepicks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Pricepicks will give you $50. So don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, let's focus, before we dive into more of the money and potential trades and all that tangled, jumbled mess, let's just focus on the actual players that the Rockets got, right? And what they bring to this Houston Rockets team for a moment, as well as addressing the players that they sent out. And I might not have enough time to do it all in this segment. We might push some of that to segment three. Let's see how it goes. Let's address the big one, uh, the elephant in the room, if you will, and that is Dylan Brooks, a guy that is a very polarizing figure amongst Rockets fans. Look, at the end of the day, I warmed up to the idea of Dylan Brooks. And again, we're going to set the contract aside for a moment. I warmed up to the idea of Dylan Brooks because he brings a level of intensity to this Rockets team. He's easily, he's an all-NBA caliber defender. He's a guy who is going to take the toughest defensive assignment every single night. I know there's a lot to be made about the whole, you know, he was chirping at LeBron and he got cooked. Like, yeah, if you chirp it, you know, one of the greatest players to have ever touched a basketball, you're probably, it's probably not going to end well for you, right? But that level of intensity, that level of competitiveness, right? The drive, the chip on his shoulder, all of that. Those are all the things that lend him that lend him to being a good defender, right? And he was a staple part of the Memphis Grizzlies rotation for the past three years while they were one of the best teams in the Western Conference. So the Rockets are getting a fantastic defender. They're adding some size. They're Their point of attack defense is going to be on another level now that you've added Fred Van Vliet, who is a very capable defender, and Dylan Brooks as well. So I like the addition. The concerns are about what his role is going to look like offensively, right? There was the reporting out there that he he envisions his next role with whatever team he signs with, you know, having a bigger offensive role, quote-unquote, something like that. Look, at the end of the day, Emo Doka is the guy 
running this show now, right? If the Rockets had brought in Dylan Brooks and Steven Silas was still the head coach, yeah, I'd be like, it'd be like a five alarm fire right now, but like, oh my God, like Dylan Brooks is going to come in and take like 25 shots a game. I don't think that's going to be the case with Ime Udoka, right? Ime is going to be the coach who can connect with and kind of hopefully level out Dylan Brooks and make him understand, look, you're good at these things on the basketball floor. These are the things we want you to excel at. We want you to defend at a high level, and we're still going to get you shots, but we're going to get you good shots, right? You're not going to take ill-advised contested middies. You're not going to take rushed three-pointers. What you're going to do is we're going to run simple high post actions through Alperin Shingun with you and Jalen Green cutting and Jabari Smith Jr. and Fred Van Vliet are going to be posted up at the three-point line and they're going to be spacing the floor for you guys and we're going to run some backdoor and you're going to get some of the easiest shots of your career, layups and dunks, right at the rim. And we want you to focus on being the best defender possible, shutting down the opposing best player and being a leader by example for these young guys, right? Teaching Jabari and Tari and Cam Whitmore how to be effective wings at the NBA level. That's what Dylan Brooks brings to this Rockets team. So I know that we have to see it on the court and maybe I am blinded and, and a little bit uh, cautiously optimistic about what Ime Odoka is going to be able to control versus not control with uh, Dylan Brooks. But yeah, color me optimistic. I think it makes a lot of sense. I think he adds a bit of an edge to this Rockets team. He's he's that he's that enforcer that the Rockets have missed for a long time, right? They haven't had a guy like that in a minute, basically since P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker was previously the Rockets enforcer during the previous era of Rockets basketball when they were competitive. Now Dylan Brooks is that enforcer, right? Fred Van Vliet, Dylan Brooks, a couple guys, chips on their shoulder, good defenders. Again, I like these additions. And now you've got some veteran help on the court. And it's not just those two guys, right? You look at the other couple additions that the Rockets made. First off, Jock Landale had a fantastic playoff run with the Phoenix Suns. He absolutely earned every penny of this contract. And now the silver lining here is there were some question marks about what was going to happen with Alper and Shingun. If the Rockets did land Brooke Lopez, would they start Brooke and Shingun together? Would they bring Brooke off the bench? Would they bench Shingun? Silver lining here, those questions are now null and void. Alper and Shingun is your starting five moving forward. That is that is going to happen. And Jock Landale is an incredibly serviceable backup to Alper and Shingun. Gives them a bit of a different a, a bit of a different look. He's a bit more of a mobile big man. Both of them are kind of working on their three-point shot at this point. However, neither of them have a consistent a consistently good three ball. So hopefully one of them is able to develop a bit more into that five out kind of threat. And there may even be moments where we see Ine Odoka experiment playing both of them at the same time. We know that he had an affinity for running the double big lineup in Boston. So maybe that's something that we see down the line, but he is a serviceable backup. He gives the Rockets some size, some hustle, some intensity off the bench. He's a quality backup to have coming off the bench behind Alperin Shingun. So, I do like the Jock Landale pickup. And again, good contract structure, right? You're only committing to one year of him. So there's that. And then the last pickup, the last significant pickup, at least so far, Jeff Green, uh, Rockets legend, making his return. Look, he just won a title with the Denver Nuggets. He brings a wealth of leadership, knowledge, experience, um, even though he might, like, I don't envision Jeff Green getting rotation minutes. He's definitely being brought in to be a stabilizing locker room presence, to be one of those adults in the room to help Ime Udoka establish 
whatever, you know, the culture, the hierarchy that he wants here in Houston to really teach the young guys how to be the best version of themselves. And there's a clip that is, uh, that went viral. I believe, uh, uh, Brad, Brad OMBA had it on, on his Twitter feed uh, of Jeff Green and uh, Aaron Gordon. Jeff Green giving Aaron Gordon some advice and pointing out, hey, do this when you're like, you know, just basically co- having another coach kind of on the sidelines, on the floor with his players. And it's not that Jeff Green doesn't have anything left in the tank. He's fresh off of a finals run, or sorry, a championship run with the Denver Nuggets where he was an important part of that team. So he's absolutely a guy that could still play some some significant minutes for this Rockets team if they need him to. But I kind of envision it being, all right, Jeff Green got his title. He's going to come to Houston. He's going to secure the bag, $6 million deal, all of that. That's way more than what the Denver Nuggets would have paid to retain his services. So it's definitely a hit to them uh, and them trying to uh, run it back next season. But it's going to be a huge bonus to this Rockets team bringing in a guy like that with that level of experience who can, again, help Ime teach these young guys. That's the important thing about all these moves that the Rockets have made so far in free agency is they have this influx now of not only talent, but veteran pieces, right? Fred Van Vliet, 29, Dylan Brooks, 27, Jeff Green, old. No, but <laughs> I actually don't know how old Jeff Green is off the top of my head, but he's a vet, right? He's been around for a minute. Um, and then Jock Landale, another, he's, you know, a younger, but, you know, talented piece. So I think that adding these four pieces, even though you didn't walk away with Brooke Lopez, the Rockets still accomplished what they sought out to do, which was bring in, uh, bring in some stabilizing veteran pieces and have the pieces to accentuate the young core that they are very clearly trying to grow and focus on moving forward. And when I say the young core, it's at this point, very clearly seven names. It's the six draftees from these past three drafts. And then it's Kevin Porter Jr. So it's Jalen Green, Alperin Shingun, Jabari Smith Jr., Tari Eason, Amon Thompson, Cam Whitmore, and Kevin Porter Jr. That is the core seven. So the six draftees and Kevin Porter Jr. that the Rockets are likely trying to focus on as far as continuing their development and trying to put the right pieces around those guys to help them grow and become the best version of themselves moving forward. So I do want to get into the pieces that the Rockets sent out, why they sent out those pieces, how unfortunate it is that they have mismanaged some of their assets over these past few seasons. We're going to get into some of that as well as taking a look ahead at some of what these, you know, what the roster is going to look like lineups, all the other, you know, miscellaneous takeaways from the moves that they have made so far and the potential moves on the horizon. We're going to get there in just one moment. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, let's get to the names that the Rockets sent out. And they sent out KJ Martin, Ty Ty Washington, Josh Christopher, and Usman Garuba in a variety of different deals. Now, here's the frustrating part. First off, as fans, there's a tendency to get attached to certain players. And what they could be, right? I will say, I think of this bunch, the the player that I'm 
most frustrated to see let go and for the value that they let him go for is probably K.J. Martin. Although you read the writing on the wall, right? If you're bringing in Dylan Brooks, if you've got Jabari and Tari and also now Cam Whitmore, those are your wings moving forward. Now, you still have Jay Sean Tate in the mix as well, although he's a tradable salary. He's also an effectively an expiring contract this upcoming season because of the way that his contract is structured with, I believe, the team option at the tail end, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and he's easily somebody that you can cut ties with uh, a little bit later on or flip him for some additional value further down the line because you've got more team control on him. K.J. Martin was going into the final year of his rookie deal which means that he would have gone to restricted free agency next summer. And the Rockets are probably just in a position where they didn't want to have to try and pay pay him next restricted off, next next offseason, right? As a restricted free agent. And the longer that you wait to deal a guy like that that's going to hit restricted free agency, carrying him to the trade deadline when there's probably not many minutes for him in the lineup to begin with, um, you know, they they probably thought this was the best possible value we can get for him right now, a couple future seconds, um, which is unfortunate considering that they probably could have had a first on the table uh, at previous deadlines had they dealt him when his value was higher. Instead, they got to a point where they held onto the asset for too long. And I think that's when you look at these moves that they made with KJ, with Ty Ty, Josh, and Garuba, it just shows a lack of asset management or of quality asset management, I should say, because unfortunately, um, Garuba really never got a super-duper salt. Like, he never got a big opportunity to really showcase his talents. Um, and I say a mismanagement of assets, mostly because the Rockets drafted these players, and then we never really got to see what these players could do, honestly. Like, K.J. Martin was stuck buried behind the bench behind Eric Gordon starting at the three for the better part of last season until EG got dealt. Uh, but we know K.J. was capable of some high-level production when given starters minutes. Uh, are there some shortcomings to his game? Absolutely. Does he need to learn how to shoot the ball better? Absolutely. Like, so maybe there wasn't much more to his ceiling as, as to how the Rockets kind of evaluated him. But... We never really got a, we didn't get as good of a look at him as we should have gotten. We barely got any look at Ty Ty Washington. That to me is the biggest uh, mismanagement of an asset out of this entire group of guys because they spent so long with Dacian Nix last season, right? You draft a guy late in the first round, you spend a first round draft pick on a guy, and you wound up basically wasting his rookie year in favor of a completely different player that you waived for nothing. And then you had to, give up an asset to offload Ty Ty Washington. I still think he has the chance to be a really good player at the NBA level, but this Rockets team is out of runway. They don't have the space or the time or the minutes to commit to de developing 8, 9, 10, 11 different young players the way that they did these past two seasons, which is why it is such a travesty that... Steven Silas and the Rockets coaching staff these past two years did such an abysmal job of trying to showcase and develop some of the young talent on the roster. Josh Christopher at this point, you know, has had, you know, he had his rookie year up and down minutes totals this past season, up and down different spots in the rotation. Josh just kind of is what he is at this point as an NBA player. Maybe he, you know, cracks a rotation somewhere. I wish him all the best in Memphis. Uh, that culture probably suits him really well. I don't know if the culture suits him well based on what we kind of know about how things are going on, but at least, you know, maybe he buys into more of a defensive identity further down the line with the Grizzlies or with another team. And 
I don't know. But basically, the Rockets got to a point with these four guys where we knew there was going to be some roster churn, right? We knew that some names were going to be headed on the way out. And they basically cleaned house. They went up and down the roster, and they were like, nope, this guy, you know, gone, 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 gone. And it is unfortunate because I think it is a mismanagement of assets to have committed. Uh, that's three first-round picks. Josh Garuba, the two late 20s from Jalen Green's draft back in 2021. And then Ty Ty Washington from last year's draft, uh, late first again. You know, those are just picks that you made and you really didn't even give any of them an adequate runway to see if maybe you had something there. And that's, to me, where where the mismanagement of assets comes from. I also think that when you look at the Dylan Brooks contract, who were they bidding against for Dylan Brooks at four years, $80 million? It kind of felt like they just bid against themselves because I feel pretty confident in saying that there wasn't another team out there that was going to offer Dylan Brooks four years, $20 million. So, again, this offseason's a bit of a mixed bag at this point for the Rockets. I do think we have to kind of wait and see how it's all going to actually coalesce on the basketball court. I do think they're a significantly better team. That much is clear. They are a significantly better team. They're a more talented team. The pieces fit really well. Your starting lineup is going to be Fred Van Vliet, Jalen Green, Dylan Brooks, Jabari Smith Jr., Alper, and Shingood. That much I can almost guarantee. Those are probably going to be your five starters. Now, again, based on what Ime Udoka said at the Rookies Introductory Press Conference, Maybe certain guys play different roles than they're accustomed to. Uh, everything is going to be earned moving forward. So maybe if the Rockets get to training camp and Jalen Green is underperforming and Kevin Porter Jr. is overperforming, then maybe KPJ gets the starting two spot. But some of the things that we can draw almost concretely from this is, one, Kevin Porter Jr. is no longer the point guard of this Houston Rockets team. That role is now Fred Van Vliet. And your backup point guard is Amin Thompson. So your starting lineup is likely the five names that I just listed with your main backups being Amon Thompson at the one, Kevin Porter Jr. at the two, Jay Sean Tate at the three with Cam Whitmore behind him. I doubt Cam Whitmore gets significant run right out of the gate, but at least TBD right now, Jay Sean Tate at the three, Tari Eason at the four, and then Jock Landale at the five spot with Jeff Green as like your third string four slash five situational lineup, big, whatever you want to call it. That is a really deep roster. That is a roster that is at least 11, 12 players deep that we think are guys who can contribute right away. I know, you know, right away is, you know, subjective. Like, how how much is Amon Thompson going to contribute right away? There's going to be ups and downs to his game. Absolutely. But that roster is what the Rockets set out to accomplish, right? They brought in veterans. They brought in capable, talented NBA players to help elevate the overall level of this team to raise the floor of the team. And now the biggest variable left is going to be how do the core seven, the six draftees and KPJ, how do they continue to progress moving forward? There was that little bit of me that wanted to see, and again, I do wonder how is Kevin Porter Jr. going to react to not being the point guard anymore, right? Does he embrace his new role with this Rockets team or... Does he get frustrated and not want anything to do with the organization anymore? Who knows at this point? I still think KPJ is an incredibly talented player, and I think that in the right role, he can be very, very good. Here's to hoping he buys into this role with this team moving forward. 
because I think that there's a chance for something special to be done here. And then when you look at, again, the starting lineup, the steps forward that Jalen takes going into year three, Jabari going into year two, Alper and Shingun going into year three, this team is going to be as good as those guys are as the as as those guys grow and develop and get better, right? If we see those guys take some significant steps forward, then I think we could very easily see this Rockets team take a significant leap in the standings. I think I'm projecting them to win 35 wins right now, just the way the team is currently assembled. And that could that number could increase even further if they make any other subsequent moves. So I do want to point out here that despite some of the poor asset management, despite what you might think of the contract for Dylan Brooks, the Rockets achieved what they set out to achieve and they might have some moves on the horizon. Now let's walk through this very quickly. We're going to get back into the rat's nest that is the potential trade permutations here. But, uh, and this is per at Bema Thug on Twitter. If you're not following Bema on Twitter, go follow him. He is a Rockets capologist and he will help you better understand all the money and how it works. But he says, by my calculations, if the Rockets orchestrate the now reported three or four team Dylan Brooks sign and trade, they can open between 12.5 and 14.5 million in cap room to sign another free agent or make other trades, all while still being able to add the other reported free agents. So this is important. Right, depending on how the Rockets line up the moves that they've decided to make, as we've talked about all throughout this episode, depending on how they line up these moves, they might still have another chunk of cap space to play around with. And here's another one. If the Rockets actually do a sign and trade with Denver, where they bring in Jeff Green for his $6.5 million uh, $6.5 million contract or $6 million contract, I apologize. Um, and they send out Jay Sean Tate as part of that trade, then they could open up an additional chunk of room and have upwards of $21 million in cap space to either make another significant signing or to just outright absorb a player via trade, what have you, that kind of situation. So there are potentially more moves coming down the pipeline if the Rockets can get creative and if there's a target out there that they can identify that fills a need on this roster that can be another piece to accent what they're trying to do with the young core and help their development. I feel pretty good about how they've round out this roster so far. A true stretch five would be a really interesting addition if you could find one, if you could target one with some of that money. Do I think the Denver Nuggets would do a sign-and-trade of Jeff Green for Jay Sean Tate? Maybe, because then maybe they don't lose Jeff Green for nothing. Maybe they see enough value in Jay Sean Tate to run it back the next season. Maybe they were hesitant to pay Jeff Green that kind of money, but they'd feel better about paying Jay Sean Tate that kind of money. Maybe he addresses a different positional need for them. Who knows? The Rockets have options, and they're not done, at least, you know, maybe they're not done wheeling and dealing depending on how the rest of these deals ultimately pan out. But I think that despite some of the wind being taken out of the rocket sails by missing out on Brooke Lopez, I think you have to walk away understanding that they're in a much better place so far through this offseason than they were in any previous offseason. 
And you also can't disregard the previous moves that they've made, right? There's been, it's been a long offseason. They aced the head coaching hire. They completely crushed it in the draft with Amon Thompson and Cam Whitmore. Fred Van Vliet was an A++ signing at the biggest position of need. He was clearly the target that the Rockets had their eyes set on, and they still managed to walk away with him on an incredibly team-friendly deal. Jock Landale, team-friendly deal. Jeff Green, great veteran addition. The only questionable one is Dylan Brooks on that current contract structure, but with the descending order, maybe they really did have to commit to the four years. Maybe he had an offer or two from a playoff team elsewhere, and the Rockets had to pay that quote-unquote loser tax to be able to bring him to Houston. Maybe that's some of what played into why the contract is the way that it is, but ultimately the Rockets are a more talented team. They're a better defensive team. They've got better pieces around the young guys. They churned some of the young guys that were probably not going to develop into any much of anything, I guess, at least not here in Houston. Guys that they just didn't have the developmental minutes for anymore in KJ Martin, Ty Ty Washington, Josh Christopher, and Usman Garuba, who again, we wish them all the best in their NBA journeys. I still think that guys like Ty Ty, KJ, Garuba, Josh, all of them, I think all four of them could still have an impact on an NBA team further down the line, but it just wasn't going to happen with the Houston Rockets. And that's just a reality of the situation is if you're going to bring in three, four, five veteran names, then you were going to have to make space on the roster somehow. And that's exactly what the Rockets ultimately did. Was there some bad asset management in there? Absolutely. I'm not going to deny that. But mixed bag for their offseason so far. We'll have you posted for all of the other news, anything else that the Rockets do here at Locked on Rockets, of course. We'll break down some grades for the Rockets offseason so far. A lot of fun stuff coming up uh, on some future episodes. We should have a very special guest joining us this week uh, to help get a better idea of Cam Whitmore, who he is as a player, and what he'll be bringing to this Houston Rockets team. So be on the lookout for that. But as always, thank you so much for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcast. That's Apple, Spotify, Google, the Odyssey app, free and available on all podcast platforms. We're also available on YouTube. Go to YouTube, search Locked on Rockets. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Drop your thoughts on the Rockets' off-season moves so far. The signings, the names that they brought in, the names that they have pushed out and sent away via trades, all of that. Let us know in the YouTube comments. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.